0: Welcome to Edge of the Rabbit Hole in our October 24th, 2017 episode, Helltown. Welcome to Edge of the Rabbit Hole, and this is a special double feature night. I am Mike Ricksecker, with me as always my co-hostess, Vanessa whole and of course, our lovely chat shenanigator Shauna is with us again tonight. Um, we've been doing this a few times. Basically, when we don't have a, a special guest and we're just talking about a specific topic, our chat shenanigator Shana is going to be with us now. So, very, very cool. Um, so, and I just wanna make sure, I got. Peri- looks like Periscope is running, awesome. So, for those of you down um, in Periscope, I have them here facing the <laughs> um, the laptop. Um, we're, we're doing a simulcast with Periscope on this, Uh, so for you Periscope people, this is our YouTube broadcast of the Edge of the Rabbit Hole show. So, um, you guys on YouTube, check out Periscope sometime. You guys on Periscope, check out YouTube sometime, Haunted Road Media channels. um, Well, Haunted Road Media on YouTube, and then it's Mike Ricksecker on um, Periscope because I used my Twitter account because they're joined like that. So, in any case, so double feature night. Uh, Let me kind of explain what's going on here. So... We had originally set up our Helltown feature for tonight. You know, we're featuring Helltown because um, you know it, we suddenly our our Helltown video suddenly just like took off, and didn't really understand why at first, and then came to find out that Destination America is doing a Helltown special um, at the end of this month. So we're getting all these thousands of views because people are curious about you know about Helltown. So we did a Friday Night Ghost Frights about it to kind of you know, preview. Um, The show tonight, which is going to talk in depth about what Helltown is, the urban legends, and all of that stuff. Um, It's not what a lot of people try to make it out to be. So, um, I've been there twice, Shauna's been there uh, once, and so we'll get into that a little bit. But, over this past weekend, tragically, the historic and haunted Goldenrod Showboat um, was set on fire and we have now lost a very valuable piece of American history because the last showboat of its kind that existed. So we have to cover that. So we came up with a double feature idea. We're going to do Helltown first, like we promised, because we made that promise we were going to do this tonight. And then after that, we're going to cut out for about five minutes, do a you know complete show. It may not quite be an hour long. We'll see how much content we have. Um, we'll cut out for about five minutes, and then we'll come back, and we'll do the Golden Rod, so a whole separate, complete show. So we're actually doing two shows tonight. So that's it, ladies. Want <laughs> to chime in with anything uh, as we get started?
1: Um, if I look weird, I'm
0: trying that eyebrow thing. Matthew okay. is trying to call me. <laughs> Thanks if for the I hearts, guys. On the periscope. Me. Huh? Oh, sorry. Somebody's trying to call me, and uh, just because I have periscope set up here, so it's kind of weird, but. Just taking people for the heartstone Periscope. What were you saying, Vanessa? I'm
1: sorry. I'm If I look weird, I, I've tried that eyebrow thing. Just bear with me. I don't like it, but I can't take it off right now. So,
0: there. All right. And I'm wearing my glasses because we're getting damn serious tonight. So, you know what? I'm wearing I almost glasses. we serious.
1: I almost wore mine. It would have been like a sleuth thing. There you go. It, I should have done it. It would have had these because <laughs> it's not good Shana?
2: um, I got nothing except for um, I would like to send out a gigantic thank you to everybody that's um, sent me messages and posted on my wall and on the Goldenrod page and um, it's really nice to see a lot of people Coming forward
0: and caring so I just want to say thank you for that yeah absolutely um, it's been I know it's been extremely hard for Shauna was uh, very very connected uh, to the boat to uh, some of the spirits that are on there and I know that you know I'm hurt from it so I can't imagine you know what what Shauna's been going through uh, these past few days so we'll get a lot more into that when we get to the golden rod segment of the show. Um, one other thing I do want to throw out there is I do have the physical copies of Encounters with the Paranormal Volume 3, and that um, will be our book release event this coming weekend at Mineral Springs Hotel in Alton, Illinois. Um, yeah, Saturday. Uh, 11 till, what was it, 5 or 6, something like that. Um, And also real quick, if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, please go ahead and subscribe. Click the little bell notification so you get all the notifications, all that great stuff. So, okay, Helltown. What is Helltown? So, Helltown is really um, Boston Mills, Ohio. So, it's, um, it's just a small town. There's a ski resort over there right now. My Aunt Marge likes to go skiing over there. If you can imagine, there is actually skiing in Ohio. It's just, you know, glorified hill. Um, that you kind of slide down. Um, But basically what happened was in the early 70s, um, 1974, (laughs) um, our president at the time, Gerald Ford, had uh, signed an act that basically allowed the government to claim land, any land, to make a national park. And so they could uh, basically claim eminent domain over people's homes and take it so that they could change everything into a national park, because their excuse was they feared that we were losing um, a lot of land to industry, commercial development, you know, even residential development, and we need to reclaim some of it for our national park systems. Um, however, with Helltown, this one gets a lot of notice because they went like extremely overboard. Um, they had $35 million allocated to them, to do what they needed to do, to if they needed to claim homes, and there was like originally some options that they were going to give people, and um, basically the people of the area of Boston Mills and the surrounding uh, towns, because there's like Peninsula, Everett, you know, some other little towns around there, um, they thought what the deal was, was that they basically wouldn't be allowed to develop anymore, that they, they'd be able to keep their homes, the park would be built up around them, they'd just you know stoppage on development and you know they wouldn't be able to expand anymore and that's not what happened at all um, as as the government went around and said well you know your home over here is um, you know near a waterway, the waterway is scenic, you're out um, we can see the tip of your house on that hill above the trees you're out um, And they ended up spending hundreds of millions of dollars um, doing this to people and reclaiming this land. And this happened very, very quickly. So all of these homes were abandoned, neglected. They were, you know, they looked, uh, some of them were burned out. The uh, fire department was coming into these homes and practicing, um, you know, putting out fires. So a lot of them were burned out. And so it looked like hell uh, going into this place so it was like ghost town overnight um, there is a fantastic documentary, it's old, but you can find it on YouTube it's a uh, 1983 PBS documentary uh, called For the Good of All because that's the way the government uh, portrayed it was that um, you know this was for the good of all the people around to have this park system of course the congressman that lived in the area his house was allowed to stay, they didn't touch that um, So. A lot of, lot of government manipulation, but all of these legends have surfaced over time, you know, because of the conditions uh, of what happened there. You know, like there was a, you know, a chemical spill, so you know they, you know, moved everybody out of there. Um, there's the, uh, you know, c- the cemetery has different legends surrounding it, and just all this kind of crazy stuff um, that sprouted up over the years about Helltown. Um, most of which none of it's true (laughs) and that's kind of um, kind of been my concern with uh, the proliferation of this ever since I went there and visited myself is um, the proliferation of all these legends that sprouted up just because of mostly the condition of the town you know there's Um, You know, there's a a church there that people say is a, you know, is a Satanist church and and all of this stuff. And it's just not true. So, my general take going there and having experienced it is that it's sad. It's just very, very sad. And there's energy left behind from these people that have been there for generations. You know, know, their family had lived there, um, you know, all their lives their parents had lived there and then boom, they're gone. So I'm gonna give, I'm kind of, you know, going going on a monologue here, but I'm gonna uh, show a couple of examples real quick and then I'll let the uh, ladies chime in. Um, So, you know, I'll show you first a, uh, this is a cabin that's kinda out there in the woods um, that's abandoned, if we can bring it up. And I don't know if you people on Periscope can see. Thanks for all the hearts out there, guys. Really appreciate that. Uh, Tom McNicholas is out there, cool, thank you so yeah, an abandoned uh, you know, cabin that's just out there in the woods uh, kind of one of the last remnants, it's uh, over by the Stanford House Stanford House is still standing, they use it as a youth hostel um, everything else up that road is gone and blocked off so this and here's an interesting example, because it's still going on, now when I went last year this was last September, this house was there it was closed up, boarded up Um, The garage is still there, all that. You can see some, you know, there's a tree growing up next to it, some other little trees within the lot. Um, There's a driveway. I took Shauna here five months later in February. Five months later, here is... They, there we go. <laughs> uh, they essentially call it that because of the steepness of the hill, and it, there's at certain points where it looks like the whole road just drops off. Um, it, but basically, there's a road closed up there because they had shut down. You know, of course, there's a lot of legends about the road, and we'll get into some of that stuff. Um, they had shut down this road because nobody wanted to pay for the, um, the upkeep of that fee, uh, the maintenance on it. But there are a couple of houses up there. And on Google Maps, you see the houses that were up there. There's a guy walking down the driveway, um, you know, like checking his mail or something. But all that was closed off. They'd taken back those homes up there too. So um, I couldn't even get up their drive. I had to walk all the way out there. So it's something that, even though it originated, you know, 43 years ago, um, it's still happening today. Where the Last few houses are still gobbling up and just obliterating them. So um, it, it's just this really eerie feeling of sadness as you walk through there. So I'll uh, let the ladies take it over for a little while because I've kind of run my mouth here for a while. Um, Shama, I know you were there in not too long because of the, you know, it was very, very wet when we were there. But what was your sense when, when we walked in there?
1: Um,
2: it was kind of a mix of, I mean, I wasn't there to see it before, you know, when everything was there, so I really didn't have anything to compare it to, but it just felt empty, really, just the energy itself was a mix of empty and angry. Um... And I mean, to a lot of people, you know, the ones that um, don't really care, you know, I'm sure it's, oh, it's this beautiful, you know, park, this nature, trail, hike, whatever you want to call it. But um, there's still a lot of history that looks like was basically just, you know, taken away, you know, everything just taken away from the people that stayed there. And then, you know... Not one fuck was given. so.
0: That's right.
1: I have a question, Mike. Yeah. Um, before we started the show, I pulled up your most recent video on YouTube and I was watching it, and two things struck me, and I need you to verify those for me. Um, one, the house that you just showed in the picture, that had the garage and everything else, I believe it was at that point that you spoke about there being a... It was under video surveillance.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, I I wish I had that. I don't know if I actually have a picture of that. Um, I know it was in the video.
1: It was in the video. Yeah. And and, and I find that very disconcerting. (laughs) Yeah. Because what would it be? You Hmm. know, if it's meant to be demolished, and obviously it was because it happened within six months of you going there, what is the need for video surveillance?
0: Well I think no. for,
1: hmm?
0: yeah I think for one they don't want people getting into there they don't want people breaking in so it's a deterrent um, to prevent kids from from breaking in uh, but the thing that caught me about that um, uh, it was under video surveillance, but because of emergency conditions there's no freaking emergency here okay no, no. <laughs> not no, at all
1: years is not an emergency no. Forty-three years, or 42 at that time, sure. over the time that that, that that law was passed, that that paper was signed, does not constitute an emergency. It doesn't even imply that an emergency ever took place. So therein lies a questionable action right there. Number two, if this was being turned into a national park, was there any evidence, because I didn't see it on the video, was there any evidence that it was actually being used as a national park? park well and you but know, that, services were there
0: anything around there yeah um, you know, that's kind of interesting these days it definitely is um, you know they have you know you can there's horseback riding up there they of course have the um, the ski resort, although so they're not really I mean, they're part of the park but they're not I don't know if they're run by the government or not but they're there um, they have the uh, the towpath up and down the old canal that a lot of people do biking and jogging and all that stuff down. Um, they have kept a couple of older houses there. Um, one, there's an uh, old um, gas station that they've turned into like an art gallery. And then there's a little museum there for um, the canal that um, Inshana's been in there. Um, there was another little, um, another little gift shop that um, we didn't get a chance to go in there. It was closed. Uh, they're, they're selling shirts and mugs and um, Magnum ice cream bars. <clears throat> had to throw that in there, Shauna. You <laughs> didn't get to have a Magnum that day because they were closed. <laughs> um, but one of the things I found interesting about that was the shirts that they were uh, selling were saying, help save our park. And it's like, what the heck happened to save the town? Uh-huh. You know, you, you booted all these people out of their there. There are 500 homes there, and they're almost all done.
1: Well, I don't mean to be facetious, but save the park from what? It's owned by the government. Right. Um, They kind of took people's homes in order to acquire said park. And from the video that I saw, it is the least park-like area I've ever witnessed. Um, For one thing, if you're making a national park, the one thing you don't do is actually remove natural greenery. (laughs) <laughs> you don't remove trees. Was well, there any wildlife there that you were able to see?
0: Um, you know, it's
1: because yeah. I mean, there's yeah, there's I mean,
0: smaller Even animals and stuff like that. I didn't actually didn't see any deer. Um, some so smaller animals, but you know, back there's back. a uh, there's an interesting story when they were first doing this, and this was on the uh, the PBS uh, special um, for the good of all. When and there were a lot more houses still around back then. There was a. Um, there was a person who got cited by the uh, local law enforcement because there was a groundhog who was getting into their garden. Their dog attacked the groundhog who was, you know, raiding the garden, killed it. Um, and basically they got cited for the death of this animal, you know, on the national park. You know, what was the dog trying to protect? The the vegetables that they were growing.
1: But they haven't introduced any additional wildlife to the area, like they've done many, many times in Yellowstone. Um, I, I don't fair. know if
0: they have or not. Um, I mean, there's always been deer in the area. I, I don't know if they've introduced any more as far as as far as far I know.
1: I mean, that's just something that, that we find is, is very pertinent to a national park for its progress, for it to be able... Uh, they have found when they introduced a pack of wolves into Yellowstone that not only did it Begin to control and actually ended up uh, controlling certain population, whereas it brought in additional wildlife, changed the entire geography of some of the areas of the park, and actually made it flourish. Yeah. But from the video that I saw that you had, I saw no flourishing.
0: Um, I, I guess um, we probably need to clarify a little bit better because it's not a full-fledged park because there's, still, still, there's yeah. still people living there. There's still some homes. Um, it is a... National Recreation Area. Officially, um, it can't be a national park by definition because of the fact that there are still some homes and those couple little commercial businesses there, like the t-shirt shop, um, and I guess the the ski resorts would be considered commercial as well. Um, so it can't. Were they
1: there when signed?
0: Um, were those? Um, well, the homes that are there um, were uh, the ski resorts. I do not believe so, were there. So,
1: I was trying to understand how, if 43 years ago, a paper could be signed that would allow the government to come in and introduce eminent domain, mm-hmm. so they could take that over and actually acquire what, what they called a national park. Which would mean that they needed to get rid of all of the homes, and not exactly. There was Ghosty. Well, Joanna Rabin was, was like, asking, "Where's oh. Ghosty?" I
0: have Ghosty set up uh-huh. for uh, to look at Periscope. So people from Periscope are seeing Ghosty. Yeah, you know,
1: so, yeah. I'm just trying to understand how how if that was their goal, if that was what they wanted, was for this to be a national park or even a national, uh, you know, a recreation area. Why were some houses? gotten rid of others not and uh, little to no improvement on the site in 43 years
0: yeah it's really hard to understand and you know there were people there from the town that went and and fought in congress and they would go there and they thought that they had made some progress and they'd come back and they'd hear nothing and nothing and nothing everything would stay the same Um, you know there were some options that they were given, but all of it resulted okay. in losing your home. It was just basically how do you choose to lose it? You know So you know one was you know they could um, basically just give everything up and and move out and they would get some sort of you know funds for that so they could they could leave. Um, others were it was some sort of um, some sort of levy where basically your house was considered park property. Um, you no longer owned it, but you could stay there for a while until, of course, they determined it's time to go. Um, so, very, very strange things like that um, occurred. Um, yeah, it's none of it really makes any sense. Yeah, you know, I mean. Yeah,
1: I, the wannabe lawyer in me can't wrap my brain around it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, it just can't because it nothing that I saw implicated it at all what they're claiming it to be nothing yeah. you know it, it looked ragged at best except for the small buildings that were there um and it just doesn't make any sense to me I, I can't help but feel and, and kind of know it in my heart here the little ticker I can't help but feel that there might be a little bit of a mischief going on
0: <laughs> well you know <laughs> yeah yeah and, and we can get into that a little bit because um, one of the stories that is is talked about is the chemical spill, and that there was a uh, there was a chemical spill in the area, so they had to move everybody out. Um, the government was trying to hide it up, it was turning the kids and the mutant children and, and all this crazy stuff. Um, there wasn't a chemical spill. You know, they were just straight up kicking these people out of their homes. But, I do believe that the government had alternative motives. Because going through there, and Vanessa, you and I were talking about this uh, before the show, you know, they say the best place to hide stuff is out in plain sight. So, you know, you're walking down the towpath, or you're walking down uh, Stanford Road, and you notice these different markers and posts around, you know... um, you know, don't dig here, don't walk over here, because we've got a pipeline, for one, that goes through and we have a uh, transcontinental cable going through. So the it, not so much the transcontinental cable, but the pipeline is the one that really stuck out to me, uh, because it's going right through areas where there were homes. So immediately that's telling me, oh Oh, I see why you wanted these people out. You got your pipeline and everything going through. You wanted you know, whatever connections you need to make to you know get the oil or gas or whatever it is you're pumping through there. Who knows what
1: to be know? pumped through? The- yeah. Um, so, there's actually a really good question here um, in the chat. We're missing chat questions that's here. A couple of times. Yeah, yeah. Um, it says um, uh, at H R M Alan Wartball, I apologize if I'm butchering that name asked if you got to uh, go to the cemetery with the walking trees.
0: Yeah, that's another one of the legends. The uh, the walking trees and the... Um, hang on. Um, let me bring it up. I have my Kindle here because I can't remember all the crazy legends off the top of my head. But I brought it up. Um, the trees move and um, there's a ghost that sits on a bench that just kind of stares. Um, well, for one, there's no bench in the cemetery. So there's no... there's the ghost can't be sitting on a bench and staring out into space if there's no bench to sit on. Um, as far as the walking trees, again, urban legend, that the trees don't walk. I Yes, I did go to the cemetery. Um, it's got a lot of interesting old stones, and the thing that stuck out to me as I was walking through there is I discovered at that time that I had family buried there. So... The is, cemetery is still there and fully intact?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just asking because, you know, that people generally can't complain. So if that's actually, I mean, well, they can to people like Shauna and I. But, you know, but I was just curious because if that had been moved, that would really be something to question as well. I would wonder why.
0: Yeah, it's down that street that most of the remaining homes are on. Um, I think it's called Main Street. And basically, you go down that street, there's, the cemetery's right at the end of the road. So, um, yeah, there's, there's the, the two dead-end roads. The one ends at the cemetery, and the one is uh, Stanford Road, which is blocked off um, near by the Stanford House. So, you know, there's, of course, legends about the, uh, the different dead-end roads, which we can get into as well. Um, let's go ahead and do that, because I know people are interested in the, uh, the urban legends. Well, real quick
1: while you're yep. looking those up. Uh, the official whose house was allowed to remain... How close is it to the other dwellings that
0: used to be there? Um, it's it's a little removed. Um, I mean, honestly, where his house is at, um, you could say is not really in the way of what a lot of what they were trying to do with the recreation area. But it's still one of those that you know, if you're using for excuses of moving people out, I can see you know the tip of the roof of your house above this tree. And most people said that they couldn't. Um, but, you know, the guy that was running it, um, his last name was Birdseller. I forget the first name. Um, you know, he's, you know, that was his excuse. Well, this one's, you know, kind of up a hill, but you can see it in plain sight. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of a lousy excuse if you're booting these other people out. So. Agreed. Agreed. I was just
1: curious as to the location.
0: Right. So, so are
1: some
0: of Yeah, um, well, the school bus, there's always a lot of um, legends about the school bus. Um, one of them does concern the cemeteries. The bus Cemetery contains the graves of a large number of children who were all killed in a bus accident. There was a... And that's one of the legends of Helltown that's kind of gotten stirred up over the years, is the bus. Because there was an abandoned bus that was sitting out there for a while. And basically, um, where that came from was there was a family that was completely gutting and remodeling uh, their home when they first, they had just bought it and upon moving in, they wanted to completely redo the inside Um, and so they actually used the bus as a temporary home they took a bunch of the seats out and just set up lodging in there while they were fixing up the house while they were in the process of doing this all the shit went down with Helltown with booting people out so this bus remained on you know, on the property, it was just, you know, there on the side of the road forever, and so a lot of different stories, you know, were developed around the boss.
1: Well, I, I can't I can't yell at them, because my family, <laughs> y'all, I come from hillbillies, okay? And I actually had some aunts and uncles and, and cousins who lived in a school bus for a mm-hmm. while. So I can't be mad at them. I can't be mad at them, you know. Um, and, uh, see here, friend, no, honey, uh, the bus didn't kill anybody, correct? No,
0: no, the bus, uh, it was just,
1: that's, that's an urban legend. That, that's an urban uh, legend.
0: Yeah, nobody died bus. in the bus. No, nothing but like that. But I
1: do have to say, um, I, I know that there has been some scoffing at the fact that this, you know, that this is called a haunted town, but that there doesn't appear to be a reason for that. But I have to say, I disagree just a touch. And I'm going to say why. Okay. Uh, That town has a cemetery. That cemetery is still intact. There are loved ones in that cemetery who were probably used to the people who lived in that town coming to visit them. Now, you know, me, you and Shauna all know that there's plenty of activity in a cemetery. And you're used to having people come to visit you and you know know as a spirit because you know more shit than, than people think. And your family has basically been booted from a home you probably lived in yourself, there might be a little bit going on there because of that. So I think that some of the stories, you know, however, not the, not the silly ones, might hold some weight. What do you think, Shawna?
2: Yeah, it, it, it's like with anywhere else. Um, when something changes, the energy changes. You know, anything that's not you know, life goes on as usual, everything's always the same, just like construction done on a property, you know, where there may not have been anything going on before, all of a sudden you're changing things, so now there's a reason to be active again, so I think, um, I think, yeah, I think that idea definitely holds merit.
1: It makes one wonder, it really does, there has to be a lot of emotion tied behind that, what do you think about Well, it? yeah,
0: and I think that there, and to me, that's the sense that I really got out of the place was that, you know, the ghosts of Helltown are really, you know, the spirits of those that had to lose their homes in, in such a horrible way. Um, I can imagine, sure, the spirits that are there feel displaced from, you know, the, the people that had to up and leave. Um, you know, you're talking about a great deal of upheaval here. So, like you're saying, those that are still there losing people that had been there for so long, Um, and then you probably have spirits coming back after they've passed on to visit their own home sites. Um, You know, it's just it's just really sad. You know what has happened to these people. um, You know was forced upon them, and it's not something that we really think about happens in today's society. You know hundreds of years ago, you know, thousands of years ago, in those types of cultures, in societies, you know, you have an invading force that's booting people out of their homes? Sure. Well, you wouldn't think that would happen in the 20th century.
1: True. Uh, actually, I've seen it happen here in Oklahoma for highways,
0: where yeah. they've
1: actually put an eminent domain. Uh, um, but there were some others, I, I can't remember, and I do apologize, but, you know, there were others that were talking in the chat about different you know different towns all across the world where not only were people booted out but they just flooded the whole towns to put in a dam or something Yeah, in China.
0: There are a big and, dam and, there they flooded the entire town to do that.
1: Well, there's actually there's actually a town in, in England that was flooded and there were still people in it. Oh wow. Yeah. So I mean this it, it, it's not specific to the United States. Maybe no, the minute don't it's, fall either, but it's not specific to us. Yeah. Uh, but I also, I, I would also question if, you know, not just money might have been used to get some of these people to leave, but I mean, I, I have to believe, my soul's telling me to, that there might have been a bit of force. You know, and it makes you wonder exactly what went down that isn't documented or that isn't talked about.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, if if you didn't comply, then the sheriff was going to come and grab you. Of course. Yeah, you
1: know, you know just or, like any
0: just like any repossession of a home or property or something. Yeah, that would well, happen.
1: When we talk about things that, that the government can do, whether it's federal or local, I mean, like we're going to get into uh, you know with the showboat in the second part of the show. Um, I don't put a whole lot past them. I mean, if anyone's seen the documentary about um, about. Um, Oh, goodness gracious. Ken Burns did it. It was on Prohibition. Yeah, I've seen it. And, I mean, it's, it's a wonderful documentary. Wonderful documentary. And it talks very candidly in this documentary about how the government paid people to have distilleries in their home and supplied them with the poison so that they could sell alcohol during Prohibition specifically to kill people. So that they could prove that alcohol was bad for you so that Prohibition could can, can, Continue to go on. Oh yeah, crazy so, stuff. When we talk about different things that the, that the federal government or even the local governments can do, I mean, I I have to admit my mind automatically goes to the negative.
0: Well, you gotta think about it. You know, during the '60s, you know, our government was going around giving people uh, LSD. You know, absolutely. So, absolutely. You know, just using get people as guinea pigs. So yeah.
1: Yeah, one of many many times. You know, um, ex group home kid says, "Well, if the hotels and ski resorts are new, who has stayed there?" That's why I was asking you about that. Uh, is if the ski resorts were new and they're right there?
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I'd have to. I would have to look it up. Um, you know, like Brandywine. Brandywine is at the end of Stanford Road. If you were to actually the remnants of Sanford Road, that's there now. If you're actually to walk up that, go past the end of the world and down through the older section of the, the uh, closed road, that dumps out into the parking lot of um, of the Brandywine uh, ski slopes of that resort there. So, yeah, that wasn't all originally there. You know, that used to be a road that went through um, all the way. Um, now, the dispute was they closed it down for a while before they even did all of the you know, imminent domain stuff because the the couple counties or townships didn't want to upkeep the road and they said, well, we'll just close it off because it doesn't get used all that much. Um, but, yeah, Brandywine would have been put in afterward. Okay, um, the, so Boston, the Boston the Boston Mill Ski Resort, I'm not sure. But that's all stuff that can be looked up. Yeah, yeah I,
1: I'm going to look it up when we finish the show because it makes me curious if either one of these were actually put on after the fact the land that was considered national park due to eminent domain, if this was part of that land, was it sold after the fact to whomever this is, or, or is that still government-owned land that these, that, that these are on? It's just part of the piece of the puzzle. It's just making me kind of curious.
0: Yeah, that's all going to be part of the park now. Um, you know, they've yeah, they reclaimed the land of the old paper mill, uh, which my family operated back in the day. They've actually taken the homes, The the it's a, one of these older companies, I don't do this anymore, but they actually had company homes where the people that uh, worked for the company, they gave lodging. And so they've actually taken like a whole row of these homes to make the headquarters for the National uh, Park Service. And so... Um, yeah, so it's like they kind of picked and chose what they wanted to hang on to and what gets obliterated. So, um, yeah, all of this is really sad. You know, there's... You watch that documentary, though, um, and you see that there is this um, an old couple. They ran a floral shop there, and they're booting the old people out. you got 90 days. Like, you're running a business. You've got 90 days to get out of your business here and, and find... You know, you know, find a different place to do it. It's like they've been running a business here for like forty years. You know, they're not just going to be able to up and find a place in like ninety days like that. You know, it's like crazy stuff.
1: So they booted out a floral place and put in an art museum.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm all thing. about the art. We all know that, but I'm just trying. Like I said, there's there's so much about it that just I can't wrap my brain around because it doesn't seem to make People sense. People are
0: calling for Shauna in the chat. She needs to
1: smile. That's what they're
0: saying.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm tired.
0: She did I'm just exhausted. get off of work and come straight into the show. So.
2: Yeah, cut me some slack, <laughs>
0: <laughs> So how are our uh, Periscope people doing? Oh, they're still tossing us hearts down there. That's awesome. Really appreciate it, you guys. So.
1: Um, X Group Home Kid is asking, What is the geography of the land? It can
0: give clues as to any uses. Um, Geography is uh, very hilly. Um, There's the old... there's The Cuyahoga River goes right through it. And then there's the old Erie Canal. That's alongside the river. That also goes right through there. So they've put like a bike and walking path basically right between the two, between the river and the towpath. So you go up and down there. Um... Yeah, that's kind of interesting to look at, to get down into those locks, and um, they have each of those, you know, marked off with a little history and sometimes maps, and um, at one of them they have a whole display on, you know, how a lock system works. Um, So, yeah, it's hilly. Like I said, with the end of the world, you go up this big hill, and at one point it looks like the road just drops off. Um, Now, there have been some actual, you know, accidents and deaths up there along that road, you know, from people goofing around and trying to, you know, like, jump their car and and crazy stuff like that um, off of that type of hill. Um, So there there could be that type of energy up there. And oddly enough, that's not one of the, you know, legends. That's not one of the urban legends is anything to do with, you know, People dying on the hill from being stupid with their cars.
1: Um, actually, Bridget Willis put something very interesting in here it's making me think. It says easy to ship things in and out. Um, that that's a fascinating way for her to put that, and I'm going to explain why. And I can't I can't say where I have this information, but um, I I have an acquaintance who has uh, talked to me before about. Different things happening in their town, and that people would be very surprised at what travels your streets at 2, 3, and 4 o'clock in the morning when everybody's asleep. Yeah. You know, and that's, I think that's a very good point to make with something like this is, you know, is this the middle section from point A to point B of having, of moving things? Do you know what I mean?
0: Well, I mean, it. A long time ago, it used to be, because you had the canal system right there. Um, Now, it is a a good point, because one of the things that the town was able to do before all of this happened, and this is actually something my great-great-aunt, would have been like my grandfather's aunt, was really upset about, was that um, they were putting in a major highway right through there, and she was all upset that they were going to put it right over the top of Jate, which is the little town that's there that serviced the paper mill. Um, and the proposal was basically having a you know right through there, through that town, through the Boston Mills area, all of that, and the people fought and fought and fought to get those plans altered. And um, you know that was one of those deals where um, you know the, the townspeople are like, you know, we did a lot of good for this area to keep it from you know this overdevelopment of highways and all that stuff. You know, it's like, they, they want to try to put in this, you know, park and all that, and, you know, this recreation area, what have you, but it's like, we've already done things to prevent, you know, this urbanization here, you know, in, in the valley. So, um, yeah, that, that's a good question. You know, did the government decide to come in and, and use it anyway um, for their purposes?
1: It just, it makes one wonder, because um, if... If we knew what was on one side and what was on the other and the possibility of, of moving things that they don't want the public to know about, what is one of the best ways to do that? Remove the public. Yeah. If you don't have people there, you don't have people who can ask questions. You know, and I, mean, I, think that's, I think that's something kind of important to maybe look at. You know, we might get in trouble for it, but <laughs> it's something,
0: I, I think it's a very, very good point to make. You know, oh, um, I see Diane, that. Diane Hilbert, uh, maybe the government's hiding a base or aliens. Um, I don't know about that there. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you never know. I mean, they could hide things anywhere. Uh, you you know, a really a better place for them to do that would be a little further up no, north in the old salt mines. There's a bunch of old salt mines. They still use them. Um, they're still mining salt out of there. They go under Lake Erie, you know, up there by the Cleveland area. Detroit has a, has a lot of those uh, salt mines as well. So if the government wants a place to hide something, that would be a good spot. Uh, Ethel
1: Shadows said... Uh They came from a paper mill town, and when that closed down, the town went as well. It was a nasty, toxic site. That's actually a very good point um, to make as well as any time you have a paper mill. And you've driven through towns that have those as well as I have. We all three have, I'm sure. And the smell is enough to knock you over. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Um,
0: The paper mill hadn't been in use since 1984. So, I mean, yeah, it was... Kind of slowly on its way out anyway. My my family stopped operating it back in the '50s, um, but yeah, it, it stopped operation in '84, and they finally tore down the buildings in 2006. Basically, it's one of the old machines, a fordrinier machine, which is all the paper rolls and everything, is sitting out there rusting. Um, so they they say that they've left they've left it there for future interpretation of the site, which it's like uh, if you want people to. Interpret this in the future, and maybe you want to cover it. and put a little building or something over. It. I, I don't know, they, but they have it sitting out there rusting.
1: Um, a super witty boy said that uh, that paper mill. I, I, I think I'm reading this correctly. It says uh, this is a paper mill, paper mill town, and they have a horrendous amount of cancer in the community. Wow. Okay. So I'm assuming he means where he lives, and yeah. I've heard that before. I've heard that before um, because of the use of chemicals well, in making.
0: Okay. okay, and see, that's one of the urban legends right there, Alan uh, Wurtzbaugh. There's a dump in Helltown that had chemical drums in it. No, it's an urban legend. Not true. You know not true? Okay. Not true. No, there's no chemical spill, none of that. One of the big urban legends is that there is a chemical spill, chemical drums, and all, the, you know, it made the place toxic, and they booted people out, and the kids turned mute and all this crazy stuff. It's not true. Uh,
1: Super Woody Boy is talking about uh, Munising, Michigan. Uh, they have high levels of cancer. And this is something yeah. a lot of people don't okay. know. I live in Norman, Oklahoma, and for those who are familiar with the movie Aaron Brockovich, the yeah. chemical fa- that was found in the water that was causing tons of cancer, Oklahoma City, and I believe Norman, don't quote me on this, it's one or both, have the highest levels of that than any of the surrounding areas in our waters.
0: Well, That's sad. Yeah. Not surprising with Oklahoma, but, yeah, that's still sad. Yeah,
1: Oklahoma's a fucked
0: up place. Yeah, and you're welcome, Ellen. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to bust any anybody's balls or anything like that. It's just, you know, there's a lot of these types of stories that, you know, are being proliferated about this. And that's one of the things I wanted to do tonight was, you know, get into some of those, which we haven't done a lot of. We've done the whole government thing. So, well,
1: and... It brings up a good point, and I want to I want to bring this up now before we get into the golden world, although it will apply to that as well. Um, I was uh, tagged on a post today from Mark Woolman on Facebook, and his question, and I thought it was a really, really good question, and Sean, I would love your opinion on, on this. He asked if, um, and I know why he asked it, and I'll explain why. He asked if I believed that when a building that has housed spirits has been removed. What happens to the spirits? And the reason that he was asking this question was due to what is called the demon house in Indiana, the one that uh douchebaggins bought and tore down. I've been to that location. I've been there. I've been there in the middle of the night when I got delayed on a flight going to Virginia. My family came and picked me up uh, from Chicago and we went back to their house in Galea, Indiana, and they drove me to that house in the middle of the night. Well, there's, no, there's not the house there now. It's been torn down. And I can tell you that that that, that neighborhood has went downhill <laughs> since that house was torn down because there is no longer a containment. And people ask about that, like, well, how can they be contained? Well, it can happen, whether it's by choice or by force. And, and Sean, I would love to know your opinion on that as we lean in to the second segment um, about the golden rod. How do you feel about that? What do you think happens? Because it could happen in this town as well. These houses might have been haunted beforehand now. They're gone.
2: Yeah, it's, it's just like with, like, for example, with the grade school. You know, there was something there that had a second floor because there were footsteps that we could hear. Um, so, whatever building was there before, the second floor is gone, but the footsteps are still there, and it still sounds like it's happening on a floor, you know? Um,
1: yeah, air does click and clank sound, so yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I've been to other places, too, you know, where it sounds like, you know, running on floor with shoes and a door slams, but there's no door anymore, you know, Um, I would like to think that when active or when intelligent uh, activity is in a venue and the venue is no more, um, I would like to, it would make me feel a lot better to know that they're not just um, lingering there, you know, to relive. I you know, what happened, and, you know, do they relive it over and over again, you know, or do they see what we see when we're there? I would like to think that when the place that you're at is gone, whether you're there by choice or whether you're there because you're just physically attached to it until it's not there anymore, I'd like to think that they pass on to some other level, some other, um, whatever their next step is whatever they decide or whether it's decided for them or you know maybe they're allowed to find family at that point i mean you know are they supposed to stay at that spot and they can come and go as they please i mean you know there's only really one way for me to find out and i'm just not ready for that yet so no.
0: All right No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah we got some time yet <laughs>
1: Let's wait a little bit on that one, okay? I just thought it was a it was a fascinating question, and I knew his reasoning behind it. But it fits both of the segments that we're having tonight, as you're talking about things that have been taken away right. that may or may not have housed spirits. Because even if even if uh, Helltown or Boston Mills, Boston Mills, I
0: think
1: yeah, Boston yeah. Mills, even if it wasn't considered a haunted town before, there's no rule saying that there weren't hauntings there to begin with.
0: Oh, there probably were, because it's, you know, it's an older no. town. I mean, it's been around that's since you know, the early 1800s.
1: 1806 is when it was founded. Yeah. So, I mean, that is, that's something to think about, is even with the urban legends, there has to be some residual or even in, you know intelligent activity from things that were there before that might be looking around if they see what we see. They're like, "What
0: the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hello, our homes were here, you know. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's gonna. Yeah. And that's still, you know, true of any place. Kind of like you're you saying, whether it's the, you know, the golden rod, or you know, the the house in Indiana, or you know, whether it was the, you know, property with the school, or you know, we've, uh, you know, we've heard of hauntings before, and we've experienced them. You know, at locations that, you know, previously had a different building on there were torn down, and other buildings put on top there, and you have a spirit that's in there, you know, maybe it's a residual haunt, or even it could be an intelligent haunt from a previous building, you know, and they're in this place, like, what the heck's going on?
1: Exactly, exactly. I mean, I I imagine on a daily basis spirits that are aware of us standing around literally with the the what-the-fuck face going on. Yeah really you know i mean i see that a lot because they're just like what are you what are you doing but it just i don't know that's why i wasn't saying that Helltown is haunted but if it was haunted before it is still but i just don't think that people are focusing on what might well, have been there before no, and focusing on what they think is it, there now
0: yeah and that's and that's my concern with this no. location is that you know it's not that all the focus is on the urban legends <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. you're right. You know, there's probably some, you know, paranormal activity, some hauntings going on there. You know, from spirits that passed away back in the 1800s that are, you know, still lingering about at their their old homes or the, where homes used to be, um, you know, and what have you. People that maybe passed away, you know, in the 80s may have come back to the site of their house, so That sort of stuff. Um, but yeah. you've got all these crazy crazy legends about, you know, um, you know, demon pythons. You know... And, uh, seriously! <laughs> you know, the see, Python legend is part of the chemical skill, uh, spill lie. It's it's ridiculous. Um, that's the that's Satanist that's... church, you know, where it's, oh, it's got upside-down crosses, and you look at it, it's like, that's just the cut of the wood and the artwork, so you could say it's an upside-down cross, but it's just a type of Gothic artwork or sculpture, or whatever you want to call it, that's with within there, that a lot of other churches and buildings have... But, you know, they're trying to dramatize this place because there were so many abandoned buildings there at one time.
1: Well, and what is... I guess this is a really good example of what bothers me the most about the paranormal community is it's so much easier to go to a town like Boston Mills, call it Helltown, for whatever reason, even though I think that would... We
0: kind of broke up.
1: Um... Uh, I think it was it was called that because of what happened physically and not metaphysically. But that's what bothers me about the community is instead of focusing on the souls that did reside there and the people that might still be there that were probably really good people. Oh yeah. They probably have a story to tell. They probably would love to communicate instead of focusing on the actual people they have to come up with these larger than life Crazy um, monsters and demons and Satan worshippers and everything else that more than likely 99% 99 probably never had anything to do with it. And it seems to be kind of the trend, kind of the fad in the paranormal field is it's easier to go for the unbelievable because it sounds cool than it is for the believable and, and factual and most important because it might not be mean.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's more dramatic to you know talk about you know the, the Church of Satan going on over here, and you know the the killer python, and um, you know the the bus accident that never happened. It's all dramatic to talk about these things than just people lived, they died. Some have decided to stick around and haunt the place. You know? <laughs>
1: Anyone who thinks that that other stuff is more exciting has never spoken to a spirit. Yeah. Would you agree, Sean?
2: <coughs> yeah. I, I can definitely... You know, before I got involved um, with the paranormal and um, actually started interacting with spirits, you know, all that other stuff, you know, you know, sounded cool, but it wasn't until... That kind of stuff just kind of went to the wayside, you know, because I am more interested than, you know, I am I am more interested in hearing what what those voices have to say. Yeah, I'm so, more, yeah, interested, I'm
0: more than, interested in the truth. You yeah. Know, the, you know, it's a legend, you know, I, we come across them all the time, and what I end up doing with those is I try to find the grain of truth that's embedded within it, you know, I'm the fantastic stories, what have you, you know, that's, you know, maybe fun, but, I know it's not real, and I want to get to, what's real, when it comes to all this stuff, you know, if I want something fun, you know, I'll just, just Shauna and I'll sit there, and we'll watch Michael Winslow videos, and watch him rock Mm -hmm. out with his, he he was a cool guy, Shauna, you got to meet him one of these days, at one of these events, he was nice, so, um, I mean, that's fun, you know,
1: yeah, well, you're absolutely right, Mike, is we get, well, not we, because we don't, but people get so caught up in the fantastic that they do forget the real.
0: Yeah.
1: They do forget the truth. And
0: the you thing know, is, I actually, mean, we all gotta look
1: at it this way, at, at one, one of these days, it's going to be us. Well, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's going to be us, and that's, that's why, why I always either. say, you know, it's up to us to pass on the truth of our generation and whatever we've learned from the past to the next generation we can't take it with us but we can we can pass it on and we just gotta try to make sure what we're passing on is what is true you know and honestly to me it's actually a lot of fun you know to dig into um, those old records and to find out what really happened what really went on who really lived there how everything really looked Um, that's a lot of fun for me to dig up all of that stuff Um, you know the the stuff that people create you know to spook other people that's that's not swearers at that that gives you like a, a two-minute thrill you know it's exactly. not it's not anything that's sustaining
1: exactly i, I agree completely oh so that's just they're all just right stupid. well you know what um, we
0: are just about at the hour mark for this segment i didn't even think we were going to go this long on helltown um I mean, if, if if this was our only show for, or our only segment for the night, yes, of course we would have gone this long with Helltown, because there is a, a lot to talk about, but because of our Goldenrod stuff coming up, I didn't think we were going to go this long with Helltown tonight, but we have. So, and here's the deal, folks. What we're going to do is we're actually going to sign off for about five minutes. Um, I'm going to load up some of the Goldenrod stuff, um, and this will be basically its own separate Helltown show, so those that are coming back in the replay, they will have a singular Helltown show to watch and then you know YouTube after a few minutes of a live stream being off it will do that it will stop the process or start the processing of just that piece and then if you want to start another live stream it'll start a new piece and so that's what we're trying to do here is create two separate shows one on the Helltown one on the Goldenrod um, so just stick around for about five minutes of the chat um, those of you on Periscope please hang out and appreciate you guys with all our hearts down there um,
1: I have to go paint
0: Vanessa has to go pee you know <laughs> so that's what we're going to do so um, I'll go ahead and do the outro here stick around we'll be back in about 5 to talk about uh, the Golden Rock showboat and the tragedy that happened this past weekend in a very historic very haunted location uh, that we've now lost so see you in a few I the moment I I'm down the rabbit hole